Welcome to the Culture Academy. Take your seats, please. Class is now in session. All right, so it looks like we are back. Episode three of the Culture Academy. We are back, back like we never left. Guess who's Bizak? How you feeling? It's a very good day. How you feeling? Man, I feel good, man. You know, a lot, a lot's been going on. A lot to cover in today's lecture. You know, I'm ready. Let's do it. A lot has been going on, and you know what? One of them I wanted to touch on because I know you was, uh, you was there. Uh, but you know, let, let's let's just clear the air right now. Um, you know, as far as like what what we're going to cover here, um, we're gonna. There's so much that happened in hip hop the last two weeks, man. And not even really the last two weeks, the last, I would say, week. Because the week before, two weeks ago, there really wasn't nothing that really popped off. But the last week? I'll even say, like, the last, like, 72 hours, it really kind of got... No, yeah, yeah, I'll go through last week. Yeah, since, since like, since Tuesday. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been kind of wild. Yeah, definitely. You know, what I wanted to talk about, one of them was, um, you know, because you, you were actually there for this one. Um mm. For like the rebuttal and just just before I confuse people, um, if you guys haven't been living underneath a rock on some Patrick Star shit, Kid Cudi came at a uh, Kanye and Drake and possibly more people. I don't know how in depth you want to go in there, but I would say mainly Kanye and Drake. And would yeah, you those, say that's right? Yeah, I mean those 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 was the two names, um, the two names that he definitely latched on to. I think he might have been painting a broader brush as well, but those was the two names that he attached to the statements to definitely make it um, buzzworthy for sure. Now, as far as Kid Cudi, because we know he's very, um, I would say the word is outspoken on like Twitter and social media and whatnot, because he's been going back and forth with people on social media before. This isn't really new, but the fact that he came out at Kanye and everything was completely out of the blue is why we have yeah. a story. Yeah, I think that's kind of what made things a little weird, especially given the fact, you know, that... um that they parted ways a couple of years ago and uh, everything from that Cuddy said that they was on good terms and um, Kanye, you know, they both parted ways as grown men just saying, hey, um, I want to do my own thing creatively and that was kind of the end of that. So then to see him just kind of, you know, jump off the cliff or what seems to, to us is jump off the cliff and kind of come out his face for a guy who kind of um, opened the door for him is definitely, um, was definitely shocking, I think, to a lot of people. Yeah, and you know, um, and we live in a society right now as far as like hip hop wise. First of all, before we even go any further in this Kid Cudi situation, because there's other things we're going to talk about. I'm 100 percent that uh, glad that beef is back in hip hop. I'm not talking about beef as into a point where it's violent beef like you're talking about. Two- controversy. Yeah, you have some controversy. You have some controversy. I'm not talking about like Biggie and Tupac where it ended, obviously, in murders and gang violence. I'm talking about just the fact that people are no longer buddy buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think we had touched on that actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, about how the competitive edge in hip hop kind of has has gone away, so it's definitely good to see to see it uh, creep back in to maybe see if we can uh, see if we can elevate the music and give the people more of what we want to hear. And I don't have the exact quotes, and I don't really want to pull them up from Kid Cudi because he was on a rant talking about all of this shit. Just just to paraphrase it, he basically said. And I don't know if this one was particularly at a Drake or Kanye, but basically, how can you self, call yourself top five when you have 30 people writing for you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what he said. I mean, and a very good point that he brings up. I mean, 30, I think 30 is just an exaggeration. I think he might have said that just for effect. But um, but it's a very good question. You know, 
how can how can you say you top five if if you have a room full of writers or collaborators um helping you piece together these records and just to kind of uh go more into it like i said i don't want to pull up the actual tweets that he said because there was so much um and a lot of it was just him venting but most of it was basically stating that he had such a big impact on the culture and that there's certain people that are were basically taken from him and the impact that he had on the culture a lot of that was that kanye he actually called kanye out by name if i'm right he said yay drake and whoever those were the exact words in yeah, the tweet. He it, yeah, he called them boys out by name. So there wasn't any passive aggressive Drake shit where he's going to diss you for a full three minutes and you don't know who he's talking about. He literally said, yay, and Drake. And like I said, everything was completely out of the blue. It just happened. I don't know what he was on. I don't know if it was, um, if he was just drunk, if he was chill, he just had enough of it, whatever the case may be. So he started this whole firestorm, and that was... um. Tuesday, if I'm right, because the Kanye show was on Wednesday, right? Yeah, that was, uh, I think it might have even jumped off. Um, it might have been late Tuesday. It might have even been early Wednesday. I don't. I'm not even. I'm not even quite sure what day um, the initial tweets went out. But um, but then it was. I know Kanye had the rebuttal Wednesday night, so I almost want to say it was. I want to say it was Tuesday because Kanye didn't have a show. He was in Atlanta the, the night before. So I want to say it was uh, it was Tuesday night, maybe Tuesday afternoon, that Cuddy said what he had to say, got it off his chest. And then Ye came back with the, um, you know, with the uh, with the strong rebuttal. Um, with, with the Ye. With, with what you expect from Kanye. Yeah, he yeed him. And we're, and we're going to get to that, too, because you were actually at that show, so we're going to talk more in depth about that one. Um, I actually pulled up the Kid Cudi tweets because I, I feel like we need to do more fact-checking on this podcast. So actually, I pulled up the Kid Cudi tweets itself. And I'm just going to read a few of them and more, more. I'm going to read it as fast as I can because these aren't really like that hitting. Uh, he basically says, you know, I need y'all to know that I got so many haters within the industry and these clowns know I'm about to crush their entire existence. Everybody thinks they're so great talking about top five and be having 30 people write songs for them. My tweets apply to who they apply. Yay, Drake, whoever. These niggas don't fuck. With, was this niggas don't give a fuck about me and they ain't fucking with me. That was his exact words. And then he keeps going on and on about the days of fuckery ain't over. The fake ones ain't going to last much longer. But um, who's fake? I mean, I don't really get, like, who he's talking about. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I have to remember, man. Cuddy had a, Cuddy had a, um, had a long history, you know, of, uh, of drug abuse, man. You know, he, that's kind of why he kind of fled the scene because he felt people really didn't care about him. He kind of felt that he was like a sideshow and people was kind of just laughing at him. But um, I don't understand the comments really because you decided to walk away from good music. Um, that was your choice. I don't think Kanye dropped you. I believe you chose to walk away from good music, and um, and I really think it's kind of. I just find it funny that the names that he did mention was Kanye and Drake, which is the two people who are hip-hop. coming up with an album. I thought that not, was interesting. Not even coming up with an album because the album already out. Saint Pablo is already out and Views is already out. No, but, but I mean by coming out with an album together. Uh, who's coming out with an album? Drake and Kanye. Uh, they've been they've been in the studio. They've been they're actually going to come out with an album together I, I, as a collaboration. I, 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 I don't even think it's even. That. I just think it's just funny that you're coming out with the two with the two hottest dudes right now in the game. If you just look at who's doing something right now, Drake is Drake is on the um, Summer 16 tour, sold out tour, killing it. Kanye came to Tampa. He performed in front of us. That was sixteen thousand strong. And you were at that show. That's why I wanted to talk more in the in depth, like. Because you were actually at that show. Uh, I no, remember you were sending me the texts when this shit was popping off as soon as he started talking about Cuddy. 
I mean, I had a feeling, you know, um, that Kanye was going to take a moment, you know, to address, um, to address the comments that Cuddy made or what, or what have you. Um, and ultimately, you know, he just really came out and just said, you know, um, Cuddy's not really on his level. You know, you really can't, you really can't mention me when it comes, you know, to anything to do with hip hop, really. I kind of birthed you, you know, in a way, nigga. I gave you your chance, you know, by putting you on good music and bringing you, and, you know, giving you that platform to come out to the world. And then he kind of got a little weird with it. And, yeah, you know, you know what? This is what I want to talk about the second half. I pulled up the second half of the exact reign here because I want to, I want to clarify something. This is what I'm talking about now. Just like you said, it was like 17,000 strong. The, the fucking show was crazy. It was crazy show. Shout out to Kanye, man. If you haven't been to the, uh, the St. Pablo tour, man. Go check it out. It was a crazy, crazy fire show. And no I hear stage. it was an amazing show. No stage, man. Homie showed up two and a half hours late, so he's definitely <laughs> living out his rhymes. But it was a good show, man. I was, um, I was, I was, th- I, I was thoroughly pleased. And just from a, uh, just from an artist standpoint, um, no, no, no opening act, no band. It's just yay in a moving platform stage in the crowd, and the energy is just unbelievable. So. If you haven't seen it and you got an opportunity to go see it, I would definitely, I would definitely recommend that you uh, go check it out. Yeah, here's why I want to talk about the second half of his rant. Just like you said, it got really weird. You were sending me the clips, and I really couldn't hear much of it, so I was waiting for the next day because I knew that this shit would be yeah, all over the media. it was crazy, and then it was, it, was, it was fucking nuts. Man. So here's the second half of it that he said, and this is what I'm saying. I want to clear something, something up because I feel like Kanye gives himself way too much fucking credit for shit that he shouldn't be getting credit for. He says, um, I'm so hurt. I feel so disrespected. Kid Cudi, we're two black men in the racist world. I wore skinny jeans first. I got yeah, that called. was kind of weird. Yeah, I wore skin. Let me let me just stop right there. I wore skinny jeans first. I want to know if you're on the same page with me. As far as hip-hop-wise, who was the first people to wear skinny jeans? Skinny jeans? I mean, I, honestly, man, I could probably say that Gabe was probably one of the first dudes to come with the, to, to come with the skinny jeans. But I'm not even going to cap. Ye has been very influ- very influ- very influential in the um in the fashion when it comes to hip hop, man, since he's been in there, man. People still rocking polos and jeans. Son. And Air Force is still Son. because of Ye, man. Dipset is the first ones to rock skinny jeans. I mean, I was gonna think Skull Gang. Not really so much Dipset. I was gonna think more so Skull Gang with Jim with Jimmy and them. Jim Jones was literally the first one to rock it. I was gonna say Jim, but you have to remember that who but who was also around Jim at that time. K- uh, Kanye, which is exactly. what I'm saying. So, so I mean it might have been Ye first. And, you know, just coming out with that. So he said. But Jimmy and them was more so with that rock star style with the tight jeans and shit. So it was a, it was a little bit different than what Ye had going on. There. And then the rest of this rain, he kind of goes on like um, like a kid in school who's uh, who got bullied on. And he's coming but up I, to the I, principal I, talking about I got called names before you, bro. Like, like, son. <laughs> I mean, he definitely got a little emotional with it. But I think the overall message and the overall and overall what he was trying to say. Is that, bro, I started you in this industry, you know what I'm saying? I gave you the platform and the stage for you to for you to bring your music and your talents to the world and open up other doors and opportunities for you. Don't come up, don't come out your face now after the fact, two years after the fact, out the blue, while I'm doing my thing, selling out, selling out arenas and everything like that. To to now all of a sudden you you got sour grapes. You, you don't call the case of the sour. And then you know what? You you touched on the rest of it because he basically says, you know, I got called names before you. Why you come at me? The same thing of a Malcolm X movie. I'm out here fighting for y'all, creative artists and independent thinkers. Don't ever mention my name in a bad manner. None of y'all. Um, I mean, hey, but that's real though, man. But um, 
But you can't be. Kanye is definitely sensitive, man. And Kanye is very sensitive. For somebody with such a big ego, and I'm not saying that's like a bad thing because, you know, a lot of your athletes, entertainers, politicians, people and people who are doing big things got big egos. But usually they don't need their ego stroked as much as Ye. Like, Ye need his ego stroked, like, to the max. You can't say nothing bad about him or else he's going to run and tell the principal. And that's the thing with Ye, because we were talking about this before we started recording. I'm very interested in this. Um, Ye does think highly of himself. Obviously, he thinks he's some type of God figure. We've heard it before. Not even necessarily with like way before Jesus when he was calling himself a God figure. Um, but Ye needs to stop acting like he can bar fools up. Oh, man. stop it, man. Get the Come fuck on, out. Man. Can Ye bar anybody up? Ye, Ye, could, Ye can bar somebody up. Who's bro? he barring up? Anybody who step up. You think Ye, can, Ye is not coming from that. Yo, Ye cannot bar. And he made flashing lights. He ain't barring nobody else. And in flashing lights, he had bars. But not battle bars. You know what I mean? Like, but, I, but I take it back. To, but I take it back to this again. We were talking about this before we went on air. Meek came. Meek. And this is just the latest. This is just the latest example that we can use. Meek came from a battle rap background. And he got ate up by a rap pop star but and by bars not even just because the pop star had more of a following but actual just bars so if you if you're better creatively and you're more witty than somebody what difference does it make what your lane of music is you can still eat anybody up if you witty and and, and you and you got lyrics but when you're talking about bars so you're talking about actually coming out of my bars and i agree because obviously back to back charged up was weak as fuck Back to back was hard as hell, but it wasn't necessarily the bars. Didn't that he have got another Meek. one? Didn't he have another one with that the the, the summer sixteen joint? I don't. I don't the, they're looking for revenge. I can't recall because I wasn't really too invested in the beef. But um, I'm just saying back to back obviously was hard. But my thing with Meek is he didn't get killed because he was a battle rapper trying to go in. Oh, he arena. got killed because his bars was weak. It wasn't and even about the bars, man. man. The, the, what you mean? It wasn't even about the bars. It's the fact his that his bars was weak on that first couple joints. Some joints. Was whoever weak, in man. the fuck was uh coming, whoever in the fuck was in Meek's team when Drake first dropped Charged Up and they going back and forth on the gram and Twitter and whatever. Whoever was on Meek's team, they did not. His A and R's. I don't know who the fuck it was. They told him to basically hold on to this. Had Meek came out with a diss immediately. Meek literally waited. I say the, I say a the week. only. I say the only way that you can blame it on the management is if Meek had War Pains ready to go and his management said, "Don't put it out," and he put out that dirtbag record first. Because that War Pains was the only thing that could have saved him. But by the time he put it out, it was way too late. But even that, I mean, if I'm correct, he still put that out about a week and a half, two weeks after back to back. It was long. Nah, War Pains came well after that. Well, the I, third joint came out like a month later. I all I all I know is. Is that Yay or anybody else in the game, especially if you if especially if you already lyrical, you can bar anybody up, especially if especially if especially the ones that when you know somebody and you know them intimately and you work with them before. So Cuddy throwing out all of these threats, and I love when artists do this, especially when it comes to the beefs, like, oh nigga, I got this information, that information, I can expose you. It always makes me think like if you really had that information, you would have just exposed them first. You wouldn't have did no warning shots. Right, yeah, you just would have exposed them first. So that's true. I don't but then know, again, Cuddy didn't. I think Cuddy just looking for a little bit of limelight right now. But Cuddy didn't really respond on records, and that would be different. I think that if he responded in bar form, he would have had to come hard and expose them. Um, he, I, I don't know if it was just one. How do you feel about? They're both creative. They're both how, sensitive. How do you feel about since you were MC yourself? Um, 
where where does in light of what Cuddy said, where does where in the writing process where does it fall when you when you have assistance or or when you have help with the line or or with the verse or course, where does that now affect the the authenticity of the artist who now puts out that music? See, and that's a that that is an interesting because I I can't really. That's hard to compare because not everybody reads the inside of the album cover. Exactly. And that's hard to compare because not even just like not even this is the newest situation. Obviously, Drake, um, Kid Cudi, apparently he says something about Kanye as well. I'm not sure if Kanye doesn't write his own lyrics. I like to think Kanye does because I mean, his stuff is so specific. I, mean, I, I definitely have heard um, on both sides before for both gentlemen that um, especially with Kanye, that he does have writers come in the studio and help him uh, from time to time create music. But that's something that's been going on in music for a long time. That was my point. But hip-hop is different because it's so competitive and you're supposed to be able to be telling your own individual story that having your own pitch and having your own penmanship and carrying your own pen and writing your own bars um, means a lot more than, let's say, you know, Beyonce getting somebody giving her, you know, having a record written for her. And all she do is walk in the studio and sing the record. Well, see, I don't want to compare R and B though, because R and B it's been documented that R and B people. No, but, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just saying in the sense that the genres are different. You can do that in R and B, and nobody's going to say nothing to you about it. Whereas in hip hop, it seems though um, some people get a pass and some people don't. Because, like for example, what we're talking about now, Cudi calling out, you know, Kanye and Drake and other people for having writers in the room. But then you have niggas like Puff who come on record and say, and he don't got worry rhymes. if I write rhymes, I write checks, and everybody still eat up the record and keep it moving. So And Dr. I, Dre I has know. basically two or three classic albums that we know he had writers. The whole time, exactly. I mean, look at look, look at the Chronic. You know, not the Chronic. Look at the... No, um, Chronic. Yeah, look at the Chronic. Uh, 2001 Chronic. And look at... Um, Doc, I mean, it, it's it's different. This is why I say because... I think now in the social media world, it doesn't matter that much because we live in a society right now where music's just getting pushed down your throat. Um, I don't think people cling to it as much as they did back in the day. It's hard to believe, just like you mentioned Puff, there's been more people back in the days that haven't been documented that have been using ghostwriters. Um, I don't think that takes away from the music because people are performers. For example, we know Nicki Minaj doesn't write her verses, same with Drake. Um, it's but just see, they're, see, they're look, good performers. Look, look, you, see how, you see how quick that just rolls off your tongue? The same with Drake. But to me, if it came out that Drake had help on the majority of his records or more than the majority of his records, that would affect the authenticity for me. And that, and I would, I would respect him the same as an artist if I knew that he wasn't writing his own rhymes. But you know what, Ghostwriters, even an interesting point is when does it start? Like, I find it hard to believe that they, labels just pick up a person who looks a certain way and they say, we're going to give you ghostwriters and you go out there and make records. Like, when does it start? Like, at some point in Drake's career when he was on the ground, he was not using ghostwriters. I would like to think. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So I don't really know how much. I mean, I heard the reference track and everything from uh, from uh, that flex that played and everything for the back-to-back records. and everything, Not for the back-to-back, for the... Um, Rico joint. For the Rico record and everything like that. But... um. I mean, he still had to create it, even though he had a reference point from there. So that's what I'm saying. I don't really know. I don't really know how much weight we can really put into the comments, given the fact that um, I don't think nobody has really written 100 percent everything, you know, that they might have put on an album or on a mixtape or that, you know, they was willing to come out with. 
Yeah, getting getting things creatively, um, as far as like getting examples creatively, would be a little bit different than ghostwriting. Um, I I just don't like for me and you obviously because know, we came that, from a that, time. That reference track you had was just that was almost like a, a whole. Yeah, give me lying. your pen and I'm gonna write it for you. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, you know, but for us, we came from that certain time. I don't think it matters to kids these days and generation because obviously hip hop is becoming pop now, um, and I don't think they really care as, as long as the music is there. But you look at um, let's say. Kill a cam is a perfect example because we want to stick on Ye. Uh, we want to stick on all of them. Let's take camera on Kill a Cam. You know how big it was uh, in the old, I believe it was 05. It was around, Killer Season came out in 05. So it had to be 05, 04. How big it was when Kill a Cam came out um, getting at Jay for writing his own rhymes. Remember, they had a whole like Swagger Jacker series based off of that. Yeah, but hit, but that was more off of the um that was the more off of the thing when he was like um that you a biter. He was biting everybody rhymes. Yeah, biting biting rhymes and you look at how big people like a lot of people killed Jay Z for doing that because remember, Jay Z even had if you want to take it back, and this falls underneath the same family tree, obviously, because Jay Z and Kanye, but Jay Z has even gotten killed for uh, taking young Chris's style. So taking young Chris's flow. I mean, but honestly, um, Jay-Z's not the only person who really got killed for that because if you really ask me, who else do you think kind of took Chris Flow without really, um, and really didn't catch no flag for it though and used it for a while also? Who? Um, Wayne had kind of ran with his style for a while too. Yeah, Wayne, but Wayne I don't really ran with a lot of styles. But I don't really see how y'all really going to say that Jay took Chris style. I don't know. Yeah, he did kind of take it for, for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, he did kind of take it. <laughs> I just, like I said earlier, I just want to know where the, like, the ghost writing starts because obviously there's people in the industry who are just machines. You're a product of the machine, what the machine puts out. And by the machine, we're talking about these big labels. Rihanna is a perfect example of that. She's a 100% product of the big machine. So I just want to know where these actual things begin as far as where people take rhymes and start, you know, start having people. Is I mean, is it just hits? Is Drake, like, for example, views that came out is Drake uh, just writing like one or two records and everybody else is writing the hits or is it literally the entire album? He has people that's penning it and he's being a superstar on his own. That's where I want to know exactly where that yeah, line see, is drawn. I, I, yeah, but see, I don't think that's really happening with that. I, I think what's more so happening is, is you might get to the studio or what have you and they might already have a, like the 40 might already have an idea or a concept for a record or vice versa. And then the whole team might collaborate on an idea, maybe not necessarily writing the rhymes for him, but you know, somebody might come with the melody for the record, and then he might come up with the with the bar scheme for the record, and they kind of piece it together like like teamwork make the dream work type of situation. But just just to your point, because we live in such a different society, for us obviously it matters. But let's say to the general public, do people are really to the general invested? public? No, they don't matter. They, they just want the good music. Yeah, I mean, as long as you didn't steal it, they just want the music. Yeah, the way that music has become so pop, it's not really about the lyrics itself. To me, to me, Drake writing his own lyrics is not a shock to me. I would be more shocked if J. Cole had ghostwriters because his music is so deep. Same with Kendrick. I would be more, sh- and I know Kendrick basically in 2007, 2008, he was actually signed to Black Wall Street as K. Dot and, and J. Rock. Yeah, yeah, that's how I first got familiar with him was K. Dot, yeah. Yeah, and his, his lyrics were the same at then. So I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I can't say 100%, but. I'm pretty sure that he's been writing his own material for that long. But if you're looking at those two people, Kendrick and J. Cole, I don't really expect much for somebody who's a machine, who's a machine product with, via Drake, 
Nicki Minaj. You know what I mean? Because I mean, he even said it in his own in the in the last record that he put out. I think with um with uh French Montana, the No Shopping record, when he was like, "Nigga, um, I dropped views and it went pop style." Yeah, and you know he's eating you know off that saying? shit. So yeah, so he is. So he a pop. So he a pop sensation now. But um, you know what? You just brought up the No Shopping record where Drake was uh coming at those famous shots by Joe Budden. I want to bring this point out, and I'm not sure if you agree. Before I even say anything, I'm a well-documented Joe Budden fan. Well-documented Button supporter for sure. So you're a little biased. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% biased here, and I'm a just as far as Button um himself um I think this all comes full circle to Joe Budden, and what I mean by that is let's take it a all look at around Joe is what you're saying. Yeah, let's take a look at what's, <laughs> let's take a look at what's happened. Okay, we're gonna start talking about a little bit more, but as far as like beef not being buddy buddy, let's take a look at what's happened lately. Okay, let's look at it. Joe Budden goes at Drake, and he drops like a hundred records. But just start from the beginning. Drops a hundred records. Hundred records. He drops no making a murderer. Um, he starts going at more records. Drake drops no shopping, and Joe Budden drops more records. Now on his second record, a uh, not second, fourth record actually. Second or fourth, that, I don't know. So many records. One of the fucking hundred. Just, just begging the man Drake to say something. About One of the hundred records he was going at um, party next door. Obviously Drake OVO affiliate, party next door. And he basically says we want a party album, and you keep taking all the party album and putting on your party album. Party, <laughs> party next door. Joe barring him up. Barring him up. <laughs> party next door drops his album, and I think that's largely because of that button song. The album was not great. So you saying that Joe, so you saying Joe Joe forced the hand, forced to put the album yes, out. Yes, a hundred percent. The power button. You wasn't hearing anything because not even just that. But I'm gonna drop some more on you. This is why I say this all circles around Joe Budden. Uh oh. French Montana. You was talking about no shopping. Huh? Montana. Okay, yeah, Montana record, the no shopping record. French Montana. He was on a press run because no shopping is coming on his new album. Mm-hmm. So he was on a press run the entire time. Well, the entire time on this press run, the only thing people were talking about was. The Budden and Drake beef. They so kept asking him about it the entire time. So basically, he, uh, he got to use the Button this as some pub for his situation. Well, that's where that's why I say it all comes back to Button. Because guess what? His album they ended up pushing the release date back because for they buttons. wanted they want to do another press run because the entire press run was just about Drake and Joe Button. So he didn't even get to really push the material. He didn't get to push the material. Oh, so that also ties back into the interview that he had with Ebro and them at Hot ninety seven. Exactly. So shout out to Ebro and them, man. Damn, man, those niggas is some, it's some hard niggas. <laughs> and like I said, like the reason this all ties back down to Joe Budden is we were talking about beef. I like beef in hip hop, not street beef, but lyrical beef. When people come at each other, I think it's good competition. There's been more beef since Budden came at Drake, especially coming at Drake. Like, there's no reason for Kid Cudi to come at Drake. Maybe Kanye, if you feel some type of way, but coming at Drake. I think, really, Joe Budden opened the floodgates for beef and hip-hop. That's my personal opinion on the situation. Oh, okay. I see. Oh, okay. I like how you tied that. Okay, I see, how you, I see how you brought that full circle for me now. I understand now. Because we talk about even other situations, not necessarily the uh, Joe Budden-Drake uh, beef, but we'll look at other ones, uh, such as, you know, you mentioned we were talking about Meek Mill earlier. Now Meek Mill and Game Beef, which... Literally came out of nowhere. Everybody just piling on Meek, man. Meek can't seem to make no right moves right now um, outside of music. Everything in music seems to be working well for him, but everything inside of music, my man snitching, you know what I mean? The nigga game talking about he trying to pipe his girl. 
you know what I'm saying? His people tried to blockade Drake at the show. That didn't work out, you know what I'm saying? It's just anything that he's doing outside of music just doesn't seem to be working out for him, man. I mean, what you think about the man basically pointing the police in game direction if if, if that's if what game said is believed to be true? Will Meek ever live? Damn, man. Will Meek ever live, man? <laughs> will God Meek damn. ever live? Because will, you they look ever, at, will they ever let Meek live? You look at people in hip-hop in general, like just rappers in hip-hop in general who's been coming at Meek. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I would have to be corrected. And uh, this is why I say we got to do more fact-checking. Has Meek came out with a record since the whole back-to-back Drake situation? I mean, I'm sure he's came out with something. Not necessarily um, a record. Maybe mistaken. An album. No, nah, I think he's cooking up. Okay. How many mil? Uh, how many L's? It's kind of hard to work take? and do promo, man. When you on house arrest, I think, right? Oh yeah, but not even just that. When everybody's killing you, I really think at the end, <laughs> at the end of his career, I just feel like Meek Mill is just gonna be known as Nicki Minaj's boyfriend. I mean, I don't know, man. But you gotta look. At, but you gotta look at um, shit. Always can change and move, man. You know what I'm saying? It can look like you down, and now one day, man, and then you know, you know, and then you can bounce back and be looking like a champion and a warrior the next. Maybe Meek just gotta weather the storm. Who knows? Maybe weather in the storm were doing good. And that's why I wanted to touch base on Meek itself because the whole Meek and Game situation, like I said, it came out of nowhere, but maybe not necessarily out of nowhere because if you look at the the alleged reason, because obviously Drake did, uh, Drake uh, Game didn't really get too specific into it, but there's two things that they said he was coming at him for. The biggest thing was the whole Sean Kingston robbery in June in Miami, I believe. Um, no, I think the actual situation actually happened in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, basically, whatever the situation was, uh, Sean Kingston was robbed of some jewelry. Yeah, like $300,000 of jewelry, man. That's, that's a lot. And according to Game in this situation, Meek basically uh, snitched on him and basically led to basically saying that it was it was Game's, um, Game and his entourage is the one who actually led to the start of the robbery. Right. Pointed, people facilitated. Pointed the, uh, pointed the rats in the Game's direction. Another part of the diss, and I don't think I, I might, people might be reaching for this one because I feel like game maybe he, he may be using this as an example was the whole Safari situation um, with basically stating that Meek Mills was snitching on Safari for having side bitches, whatever the case may be. Uh, Safari is a record producer in case a lot of people do not know uh, who dates a lot of bitches, just like a record producer should. Um, that, that was another part of it. But it literally came out of nowhere. I have to believe, especially from what game came in, the back in the days when you're talking about these 200 bars and all the albums he used to do. 300 bars and running. 300 bars and running. killed the whole G-Unit. Staff, record label, and the motherfucking crew. And I just feel like this has to be a promotional thing, right? I mean, you come out with 92 bars and your your project's coming out, that's 1992. It it would have to be some type of promotion. I mean, he's definitely on tour. I'm not going to say it's definitely... Um, a publicity stunt because you know all publicity is good publicity is what they say in the entertainment industry but it's definitely um i think it's definitely convenient you know to put that out you know while you have while you promote and you know your project and while you on tour um doing everything because you would kind of have to believe that he knew that meek had kind of turned the police on to a situation back when the situation happened right i w- i would have to think so um and like i don't know how in depth i don't know if there was private conversations had i don't know what the situation may be maybe they had conversations between the third party uh, we know game for one person that he's not going to go ahead and um he's not going to shy away from a battle on wax or even off wax 
because this because Sean Kingston, this happened to him, I think, back in June. So you telling so, and I don't know. Again, as you say, you know, court proceedings could be really slow. But you, but I'll have to believe that you talked to the boys, or the boys came, you know, looking for you to talk shortly after the situation happened. So we may be talking like July at the latest. So why is just just now coming out, you know, mid mid September? Um, about it, so I can definitely understand how people can kind of lean towards, oh, this is just a publicity stunt, um, to kind of you know sell more tickets and get more streams and get more downloads. But then again, if this is the situation and it did kind of happen, we don't really know what was said behind closed doors or, or, or what's what. And like I said, man, it all comes back to Joey Button. You know, you're talking about game. I mean, but game, but game got a history of beef. Though. Game, game does have a history of beef, but he has game cooled got down. a history of barring up, yeah. and killing people. And he has, he has um, cooled down recently with his last few projects that came out. Maybe this is him trying to, I don't know. Maybe this is him trying to get back to the old game that people were really fucking with back in the days. Because two thousand and uh, basically two thousand five to like two thousand ten, he was dropping mixtape after mixtape, and everybody was on the game wagon. Um, I'm not saying they're off the game because obviously game is still spitting, but. Maybe this is him just trying to get back to what he's doing. I mean, he's naming it 92 bars. Uh, he's going back to the bar title. So maybe he's just trying to get back to the old game. Who knows? I mean, Hurricane always had bars, man. I love him when he's the game. I love him when he's Chuck Taylor. I love him when he's Hurricane. You know, he's always had bars for niggas, man. But um, if they're going to bar up, you know, Meek going to have his hands full for sure. You know, we seen how he was um kind of struggling with that boy Drake. So um, if he's going to try to bar up with the big homie game, um. You seen what he did to G Unit as a staff record label and the crew. So, I mean, Dream Chasers ain't even make it there yet. Um, even on that type of status. So, to go with the big homie, especially on the bar tip, and your career kind of already on skates, mm, you may want to advise the big boss before you do that move, man. And you know what though? Um, like I said, everything comes back to full circle. Like I'm glad that Beef is back in hip hop, and I do feel like Button started this whole trend. Because I want you to take a look at something else. I mean, obviously, it's been happening, especially with the game and Meek Mill situation. Drake, um, obviously, reposting all the game information, saying just support game because obviously he's dissing Meek Mills. He was he's getting involved in that beef as well. Um, and then you look at this is a shock to me, and I want to know if you heard about this because this is a shock. Beanie Siegel is apparently going to get in this beef with Game. He's going to drop. Um, him and Meek Mill were on the Instagram video and Beanie Siegel was basically saying, are you going to make me come out of retirement? And rumors is rumors are that he's going to actually drop a new record, a new disc record with Meek Mill. Um, how, how do you feel about that, man? Like, I feel like Beans is coming back. He's been having momentum. He's been doing records with uh, Jada and shit since he's been coming back. How does it feel? I mean, I, I can't see any reason why Beans would get involved with this beef with the exception of the fact that he's Beans. I love it, man. Anytime you can see Beans get back in there, man, and mix it up, especially if you're talking bar for bar, we're talking that aggressive rap, we're talking that in-your-face, we're talking that gritty Philly shit, then, um, then let's do it, man. I definitely uh, embrace any Benny Siegel on wax, in the movie, in an interview. I'm all in on Beans. Yeah, I like Beans. I'm a huge Beans fan. In case a lot of people, I'm not sure how many younger listeners we have as far as our podcast, but... Let me just take people back up. You really have to listen to that Beans Project. Um, you can probably recall the name better than I can, but it's the joint with uh, Fill It in the Air. He also had that joint with Snoop Dogg. I think um, uh, the Becoming. Becoming, yeah. You, you guys really have to take it back and listen to it. Does, like, do all of these beefs intertwine, would you say? Because Drake I mean, has already taken shots at Kid Cudi and his show, apparently. 
I mean, yeah, he did. Now nah, he did the rebuttal. He said the old boy was too high, you know, that he'd be on too many drugs and shit like that. But I mean, it, I mean, it, I guess it all does intertwine, you know, on some level because, and if you also look, you have Drake now, you know, uh, giving out free pub to uh to the game on his Instagram and social media websites by bigging up the ninety two bars and the uh and the tour that the game's on. So that's basically giving him confirmation, like thank you for kind of taking this nigga's head off with me. So it does kind of seem seem like they're kind of clicking up on Meek and and like they're kind of clicking up on Kid Cudi. But then again, these are two individuals, or at least I know on Cudi's side, I don't really feel bad for him because he kind of brought it upon himself by coming out his face, especially with Kanye. I don't know what him and Drake got going on, but Kanye kind of broke the ground for you. So if you come out your face him negatively, that that to me kind of gives me cause for pause. See, the Cudi side is interesting, too, because, I mean, we were talking about earlier as far as if Ye can bar somebody up. I'm not saying Kid Cudi can't bar nobody up because I feel like he can, but he we we can. don't hear Cudi's like I can't see them going at this see, record. But they haven't really been that type of artist to really have to to address these kind of issues. I really still don't really know if Drake really got the heart and the and the tenacity to really go after somebody and kill him in the battle because Meek didn't give him any bars to really have to make him step up and do that. So we we, we really still looking for for conf- I'm still looking for confirmation lyrically from from Aubrey Graham. So I need somebody like like J. Cole to try to kill him. I need somebody like Kendrick to try to kill him. And when Kendrick did try to kill him, everybody ran. When Kendrick tried to really kill everybody, everybody kind of just said, ah, oh, nah, chill, you got that. You know who I think um, it may come down to at some point? I think it would come down to Jay at some point because of the fact that yeah, Apple Music title... Having to come over to Jay, man. Jay old now, man. Yeah, he, man, he, but Jay... Done. Jay has been well documented in his career for coming at people with bars uh, basically throughout records. He's been doing that for the like his whole career. He, and him and Drake have been doing that back and forth. They've been throwing jabs back and forth on yeah, certain but records. That's the thing. Like, yes, I mean, so basically they've been sparring. So I really can't judge Drake off of the sparring because I don't know if I'm going there with Floyd Mayweather and be sparring around. And if he's just playing around with me. Of course, it's gonna look like I'm in there hanging around with him if he's just toying with me. But I do agree with you though, as far as um like the records to see what Drake can do because we're we're old school. We we came from the era where you had Ether, uh, you had um these other records that came out, Takeover. You had the Jada Kiss and Beans, which was was fucking. I'm a sun kiss like a soda. People (laughs) remember that one. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, but I'm interested, just like you said, as far as Drake, because he came out a while back. He says, you diss me. You never hear a reply for it. And now it seems like he's involved in every beef just to see where he can go lyrically as far as bars. Because just like you said, back to back may be a hard record. But if you took back to back came out 10 years ago, they would have laughed it out of the circus with that one. I mean, it was it's not up to par. It's just it's refreshing to hear these type of joints uh, in, a, like in a state of hip-hop where everybody's, number one, trying to be pop and everybody's buddy-buddy and being friendly. So it was more of a shock and it was more of a social media me- uh, beef as opposed to it actually being a lyrical bar beef. Like, I don't... I, I just couldn't see it in, in you know, with TakeOver, Ether, uh, all those... Oh, other yeah. Jokes. As far as, like, an actual classic record, it's not even close. It's probably not even top 25 classic beef this record um that we had over the past you know course of 20 20 30 years or so but um but just for where we were definitely i agree with you for where we were in the um in the pantheon of hip-hop right now to have somebody you know ruffle some feathers and 
and you know and have a little fisticuffs out you know during recess at the at the park it was definitely good to see and hear uh, for hip hop and I'm glad that it definitely seems to be getting back to being more competitive uh, I'm not embracing you know like you said before none of the violence none of that portion of it but if we gonna definitely get ratchet and get and get greedy and get ugly at least let it be on record so I can just see how nasty and gritty you motherfuckers can get you know what we were talking about it earlier as far as you mentioned like um in my situation as an MC who really doesn't MC much is how I feel about ghostwriting. I don't really have much of things to feel about ghostwriting. It is kind of a shock to me that people do not write their own lyrics, but I could see that when you get bigger, uh, that you wouldn't want to write your own lyrics. Certain people came out, like for example, Snoop Dogg made an entire album off of it, uh, Ego Trippin', uh, which he didn't write any of the lyrics, that entire thing, uh, that entire album. But here's my better, here's a better of a conversation to me as far as not writing your own lyrics. Not necessarily right now, but in the future, let's say it comes out. And again, we don't have anything definitive, but we're pretty sure because they came out with reference tracks for Drake. Let's just stick on Drake right now. Obviously, other people do, which we're talking about Nicki Minaj and whatnot. In the future, if Drake stays as popular as he is, but I, I sense a downfall at some point with Drake. I don't know how you can say that, buddy, man. Just sold out the whole tour less than two hours. Yeah, this is something that's happening right now. I sense in about three or four years, there's going to be a downfall Shit, with that's Drake. A long time. Yeah, and he's going to have a lot of success right now. But that brings it to my next point. If Drake, let's say, for example, he has three albums out right now, right? He has Take Care, Thank Me, Thank Later. Me Later, and Views. Like three actual legit albums. I'm not no, counting. I think he has, I think he has uh, nothing was the same. He got four albums. Four albums. Okay, four albums. If at some point, let's say three or four years in the future, if Views has obviously sold a lot of records, and I expect him to go platinum and double platinum, triple platinum, whatever, with the new view, uh, the new uh system as far as streaming music goes he's going to get those accolades right in the future if it came out definitively that drake did not write his own lyrics in the social media age not necessarily us but will we be able to hold him as a top rapper of all time no you can't do it so you would think even based off of popularity we can't really hold him as a top rapper he would be popular as hell even still but hip-hop would not embrace him as as at the top MC, and that's what he wants. He because he studies the game of hip hop for a reason, and he does a lot of things strategically for a reason, and he pays homage to certain people in certain cities and certain time frames and certain looks for a reason. So he definitely gets it as far as like hip hop history. You know, I definitely respect Aubrey for what he's doing because he's more so of like a LeBron. He's more of a Kobe in the sense of how he's a student of hip-hop so i definitely think it would matter not only to the hip-hop community but to him as well if it were to come out you know in some capacity that he didn't have a hand in the majority of the success of his records as far as creating them i think it would be devastating on from from a fan standpoint and i think it would be devastating as far as the artist and the ego standpoint to him if uh if something like that were to be true okay yeah, and I agree. I agree with that too. So you would say, I know you mentioned LeBron basketball, but I want to stick to hip hop comparison. Let's say, um, so you would say his success would be uh, comparable to, let's say, Ja Rule, where Ja Rule has a bunch of hit records, but we're not. Nah, he's better than Nah. Nah, he, nah he's still superseded. Ja. Oh, he he definitely superseded Ja Rule, but uh, more or less like, okay, you can name a bunch of hit records from this guy in the future, but he's not going to be top because as much as we like Ja Rule, I'm not putting him in top thirty or forty or even fifty of all time, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I mean, John might be top fifty. I mean, that's kind of you, you would you would think Ja Rule's top fifty? 
I mean, I'll have to get a pen and paper and start listing like a whole list of MCs. But I think I could probably, I don't know if I could get to 50 MCs before I can say, you know, as far as creatively and artistic wise, before I got to job. I mean, that would be kind of hard. But um, but as far as Drake is concerned, I mean, I don't really think that he'll really ever be top five, at least for me anyway, um, just due to the type of music um, that he did make. He didn't really make like. Because it's not really hip hop. That I mean, damn, that's tough again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really tough. Like it's like he made it. He made it, he made a lot of good records, and he sold a lot of records, and he made a lot of money. But where was the transcending records? You know what I'm saying? Like like Jay Z had records that was transcending, that was saying something. Nas had records that was saying something. Cameron dips at them was saying something. Fifty D12 and them was saying something. What is he really saying? As far as transcending records. As far as, tra- as far as just transcending records. As far as transcending the culture. I don't really feel like he's really changed the culture. I think, <sighs> I, I think like he might have changed the way that we, that, we, that we accept a rapper and a singer on a track at the same time. A dude who can do both. Like he's opened up our mind to what a, to what a hip-hop artist can be. So he's been transcending from that point but i almost want to give that title to t-pain because t-pain is the one who really kind of came through with the with the singing on the record and really 50 even more so to a degree even after he kind of made fun of ja rule and shit like that and those kind of people they they transcended the music to really kind of open up the door for drake to really showcase his talents as a singer and a rapper so i really don't know what he's done for the culture to really change it but do errors have a big impact in that yeah, I mean, because if you look at it, but, because right but, now we're in Drake's Wayne, era. But Wayne was transcending to the game. He and came in. That was my next point. With his, because he was transcending. So when people say Wayne is top five, better alive, I may not necessarily agree. But for what he did for that, you know, for that three to five year period to even open up the door for Drake was so transcending that, that I can understand how people put him up there. But so, so you would say, okay, let's not talk about lyrics. Because I don't want to get into a lyricist conversation because that's an entirely different conversation. Let's talk about just rap in general. Not even just rap, just artists. I'm talking lyrics. I'm just talking just overall. Like okay. He, he, he just wouldn't be top for me. But in the situation where we're talking about periods, like a certain period of time where somebody held the game. We mentioned Wayne. Jaru was another yeah, example. No, no. Drake definitely had his, he's definitely had his moment for sure. You can never take that away. So you would, you would say, would that make Drake top 20? Right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, Drake's definitely going to be, um, you know, he, you. I put it like this. This is how I always look at it with Hall of Fame, and this is just in general. Uh, Drake would be a Hall of Famer in the game of hip-hop just because of the careers that he, of the career that he had, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I can see that as far as um, you know, the career you, enough, had, but- you had. You had enough rings. You put up enough numbers. You The, the game of hip-hop can't necessarily be written Without this, without his portion in time period, because of what the young boy did, the young boy is on fire. But you mentioned as far as um, like I like I could I could totally agree with you on that point. But as far as like impact, I know you mentioned transcending records. Transcending records is something totally different. I I would agree with you that Drake does not have a transcending record because I don't feel twenty years in the future that kids are going to be playing one dance the way they're doing a lot of J records. You know, Jigga what uh. Hard see, knock life and shit. See, that's also the thing where, you know, like for us, it's also kind of difficult. We kind of have to juggle that balance because, you know, 
we're not, you know, we're no spring chickens, but we're also not, you know, the old hag living next door. So the old hag. <laughs> so we might be crushing like that because I was I was out at the store the other day, and um, like if you was born in like what is it? I think if you was born in like nineteen ninety eight or something like that, man. Yeah. You're like twenty years old now. You know what I'm saying? Two thousand eight. Like ninety six. Yeah, yeah. You're like, like twenty years old now. Twenty years. So if you was twenty, so if you was born in ninety six, Get Rich or Die Trying came out. In 2001, right? 2001. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> you only remember that just because, just because one of only reason, only reason the kid today is picking up Get Rich or Die Trying is because somebody that they listen to today mentions Get Rich or Die Trying. You see what I'm saying? But so, just as far as Drake, just to bring it back to Drake, I mean, okay, I would agree that he doesn't have a transcending record, but his impact right now, isn't he transcending the music genre right now? Because there's a lot of people right now who are on the radio who are sounding like Drake. I mean, but that's but everybody's gonna sound like whoever's hot at the time. So I mean, so so that just goes along with the territory and the spot that he's holding right now. I just don't know, like, because um, he's had a very good run, man. His run's been going ever since he ever since he came out the second time around with Wayne and them. He's had a very good run, but um, a lot of people do try to sound like Drake. I guess if you're gonna say singing and rapping, but um. I just don't know if he's if he's he has definitely changed the game and changed people' uh, mindset on what an artist can be in hip hop. You know, he's opened the doors to allow people to sing and and rap and show their creativity, which is definitely something that I welcome and don't have a problem with. But in the essence of the root and core of what hip hop is, he just won't be. He might make it to the Hall of Fame, but he won't be. You know, he won't be in that. In that in that upper echelon, he won't be a Jordan, Kobe, or Kareem. Like he'll be in Hall of Fame, he won't, but he be, won't be the he top won't be, hitter. He won't be a Jay Z, J Cole, Kendrick, Pusha, Fab. He won't be none of those guys. Yeah, Fab. So Fab, uh, you mentioned Fab Low Key has been doing all of those things, man, for like, a long for time. a long time. And he's been changing it the the entire I'm talking time from the culture, from the way you rap, from the way you put your punchlines together, from the way you put your clothes together. From the way everything like Fab really, I feel like Fab's a guy who still really he hasn't hasn't had his moment um, yet for such for a guy who's really been in the game for as long as he's been in the game. But I think he's cooking up. Yeah, and who's been who actually sold the mill too? I mean, this this guy, just like you said, he's he's out there doing it. So I mean, I could agree with you on that point. I, I feel like a lot of it's going back to Drake. Um, to, here's my issue with Drake right now, and I want to bring it back to beef because we're talking about all these beefs that's happening. Okay, so Kid Cudi comes at you. Um, obviously we talked about earlier, Joe Budden came at you and you're siding with games. So obviously you're throwing more salt in the Meek Mill situation. At what point does he just take a step back from these things and just not respond? I would imagine he would probably end up stopping, man, once the tour is over. Cause you have to address it. Once you, when you're on tour and this shit's popping off every day, people expect you to address it because. But Drake's on tour. Drake's been on tour for the last two Two to eight months, man. This dude has been out here. I mean, but he, I mean, but I think the tour is winding down. But as long as people, um, as long as people are talking shit, and you out, and you and you working your project, you are gonna have to address it, man. All publicity is good publicity, is what they always say, man. It'll be a wasted opportunity almost not to address it, especially if you have a project or you work in a situation. Yeah, I mean, he has a he has a project coming out, and obviously, if you're uh, doing something. 
okay, so I'm not going to take too much away from him because obviously if you're doing a collaboration album with Kanye West and somebody's coming at you and Kanye, it just makes sense for you to address it with Kanye because somebody's coming at basically your, your artistic styles here. But um, I, just, I, I just really didn't understand like Meek even really like coming. Like, I feel like Meek is just somebody who should just sit back and shut the hell up. Oh, you got man. so much stuff going on right now that you really don't even have the calmness around you to even put out a record. Like you can't even put out like a single right now. You know what I'm saying? Because because it may not even be received how you want it to be want it to be received. Because so many niggas is gunning for your head. And like the rebuttal that he had for the game. I mean, yeah, you had to go and get beans. But goddamn, nigga, if you if you saying that the game is old and that he was a stripper and that he was this and he was that. Like nigga, that should be that should be TOS terminate on site. You should be able to kill that nigga bar for bar today in the studio if you have all of that ammunition. But that goes back to the fact and, that Drake is killing posted, him, and he's supposed to be a battle rap. Like that's why I don't get about it. And that goes back to the fact that Drake killed this guy. I don't think Meek can ever because there was Damn, a certain killed this guy. There was a certain point way before Drake and Meek, Meek Mill popped off where I couldn't drive down the street without somebody playing Meek, and that and that's what is really interesting. It's like you said, it's a battle rap guy. Um, the styles, like to me, the Drake and Meek Mill, I think it needs to be documented in hip hop history. Drake for the was fact tailor that made for Meek to kill him, bro, and he couldn't get the job done. That was my next point. Like, I feel like in hip hop history, this needs to be etched in stone for the fact that the street guy should never lose to the pop guy who we know is not street. Like, that should just never, ever happen. And, and it did. And what made it so bad was that Drake sunned him. Like, he was talking to him like he was. If you would, if you just would have played the records. And not if you just would looked at the if you just would looked at the lyrics, and not really heard the beat and heard the and heard the and heard the hook and everything, just played the actual record and and just look at the lyrics, you would have thought that Drake was the street guy. And Drake has been playing just for the way that he was role. talking to me. And then he went to Philly, which is talking all crazy. And then, good God Almighty, man, the fact that that he actually knows your girl, putting your girl in the records, like. Like Meek's just been really having like so so, so, so that's why, so why kind of so that's why it kind of struck me as funny when when the big boss was like how my dog lose I'm like yeah in a sense you had a point that he was on the hottest tour and both of y'all niggas is rich and getting money but nigga you know what the fuck the people is talking about when niggas say that he lost that nigga came back with two with with a couple with a handful of weak records <laughs> the only weak record that he had was way after the fact and O'Malley helped him and and actually the 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 best part of the records wasn't even him really spitting bars was just him really talking tough and the way that he was just painting the picture for the record so I mean I don't know man I think I probably have to side with you man I think the jury out the jury just might be uh might be in on me he just might be donezo but I think it's over but we don't know man until he uh until he drops another one I think it's over I think if Meek drops a record right now nobody's gonna really check for it he's just saying it's a flop I'm saying like he he went from the street guy who was starting this whole style, which I think he stole a lot of it from Ace Hood. Let me be clear, but he was starting this whole street style to the guy who just got killed by Drake and his Nicki Minaj boyfriend. Like that's where he's gonna be known by. He's just Nicki's boyfriend. Shout out to my boss, bitches, wife, and niggas. And what's gonna end up happening if Nicki Minaj leave him? Like yo, oh yeah, yeah. it's a wrap. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the a memes, wrap for this dude. The, oh yeah, the memes would be endless. It it just it just yeah, it'll be a wrap. Yep. So, yeah, man, it's a it's a tough situation. Obviously, like I said earlier, though, beef is good for hip hop. I'm glad that beef is back. Uh, we were mentioning earlier as far as all the situation. Um, I think it's good. I think we need to get to that point of rap where people are stop being friends. Um, 
and just start barring up. Maybe not all the time, but uh, like I said, man, bar it's up, the, man. It's the Joe Budden effect, bro. Say, man, bar up. Shout out to Joe to open up the floodgates. Need to get Joe on, man. That's your guy, man. So we can, so we can ask him how to get, how did it feel to get, to get killed by a pop star, man? What the hell was? Yo, up with he didn't get killed ass? by a pop what star. The hell, <laughs> he didn't get killed. What the by hell a was up with him? Chasing those goddamn kids and that wife beater in that goddamn. Car. Oh my god, yo! But if somebody came to your crib and popped off like that, you wouldn't be chasing them. I wouldn't say grab a handful of rocks. I don't even know where you could find rocks. I can go outside right now and search for rocks, and I'm not gonna find any. Like rocks don't even exist. But uh, but I, but I definitely, but I definitely am interested to get maybe the take of another of another artist and get and see how they feel as far as. How do you feel about somebody who don't write their own rhymes? Like Easy E didn't write his own rhymes. It's so tough, man. I feel like we need to get somebody who um, has that type of. Because, like I said, from my standpoint, uh, being an artist, um, I just I don't know what to feel about it because obviously, for me as artistry, I don't respect somebody who doesn't write their own rhymes. But I feel like that person is not a rapper at that point. But They're a we, performer. But what if we in the lab and you give me a couple of lines? Does that now take away from my pen? A couple of lines, um, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. What if you have a hook that's laying around in your notebook and you're not using it and I take it? Is is, is that taken away from my pen? I, I would think so because here's – every rapper knows there's there's four things. Uh, make sure my math is right. It probably not, but fuck it. There's, there's a few things here that are most important in the record. Beat, obviously. Hook. The first bar. The eighth bar. And the 16 bar. Those are the most important in any records because you want to start it off hard. You want to have a good middle. You want to end the verse hard and you want to have a hook and a banging beat. So if somebody you're, you're not giving me any one of those, then I would have to think that you lose a lot of credibility in my eyes. But uh, that that brings to a point where it's not rappers no more. They're just performers. And I feel like Drake, Nikki and these guys are not amazing performers. performers like they're performers, but they're not really rappers. I would like to see Drake just I shut like us that. shut us the fuck up one day and just be like, okay, I don't write my rhymes, and he just like live streams some shit, and he just out there just listening to brand new beats and picks a beat and makes a hit. Like that would blow me away. I would think at that point that we can shut I mean, the yo, lot of you that. You see that shit happen with your producers all the time. Your Ryan Leslie's, your Swiss Beats's, uh, your your uh, your Scott Storch's. Them niggas will go will go right in the studio live and make a beat from scratch. I seen it with J Cole. So, I mean, I mean, you know, I just thought it was something that we would bring up. I think Cuddy was touching on a point that me as a hip-hop head, I was definitely interested to get your take on it and get other people's take on it and see how they feel. Um, Does it matter if the nigga write his rhymes or not? The numbers will tell you not, but Drake is a different type of person because his following is different. He has a majority female following. And, the, and when you have a female following, it's usually an occult following. Just look at the beeps. So... Is different than let's say if it came out that Meek Mill didn't write his rhymes, that would probably be a way bigger issue than what it would be for Drake or like you mentioned before, if Kendrick didn't write his rhymes or J Cole didn't write his rhymes because they built their fan base off of their lyricism. Drake built his fan base off of his ability to paint a vivid picture for you of emotions. So I mean, it's two totally different fan bases. So maybe they expect two different things. Maybe that's why he can get away with a pass. And maybe that's why Ye can get more of a pass than more so of your traditional um, artist. But that's why Drake gets a pass. Drake has three things going on for him right now that's going to make him a staple in the music industry, not just hip-hop. 
Number one, he's a pop star. Number two, he has a female following, like you said. And number three, he has a white following. That's huge. That is 100% huge because you look at somebody, let's say uh, Eminem, you know, he's always going to be a staple. He's always going to sell a mill because Eminem has that following. Like, it's maybe not so the female I mean, following. Most, I mean, but most of your successful hip-hop artists do. Maybe some, you might see more minority faces at shows than others. When I was at this Kanye show, bro, I'm telling you, it was mostly, you know, middle-aged, uh, I mean, young, you know, white America who was there, kids the age of, like, 16 to, like, 28. Yeah, man, a shout-out to Kanye because I hear he puts out a great show. It was a great um, show. I probably wouldn't go to it because of the fact that I fell off of Kanye a while back and I just can't get with somebody who's talking about bitches bleaching buttholes. I mean, that's some, I mean, some I weirdo thought, shit. I mean, I thought that shit was hilarious. But, you know, <laughs> but Kanye is, you know, fucking, you know, even though he got Kim, you know, he had that model status. And I guess models be bleaching their assholes, so I ain't mad at you. Yeah, shout out, Kanye does need somebody better fashion director because that clothes he's putting out, I mean... The sneakers, I'll give him credit, even though I wouldn't pay that much yeah, for the sneakers. I, I, but those I just clothes. The sneakers, I don't pay attention to the, to the trash bag clothes. Like, get out of here, man. It, there's no reason I should have to dress up and look like I'm sitting in the corner of McDonald's begging for change to go get me a McDouble. That's not the way the fashion should be. But, um, you know, again, but they're, they're all hip hop heavyweights, so it's good for them. Um, Drake is hip hop heavyweight, all of these people. So, you know, like I said earlier, just to kind of wrap it up and bring everything to full, you know, to closure here, I think beef is amazing in hip hop. I think that we need to get more beef records. Because um, we're getting to a point right now where we're letting the music industry and just the big wigs who control these labels just push us towards a pop status, which it kind of happened towards the end of 2000, but they kind of weaved away from it. But I, need, I think now with Drake, like it's going to happen. Everything's going to be basically pop. So I feel like having beef will solidify hip hop and we really just need to appreciate beef. Yeah, I say appreciate beef, man. Cook it up. Keep it uh, bar up, though. You know, keep it all on wax. And uh, I think you get a lot of good organic music, and I think it definitely shifts the bounds and and uh, gets people out of their comfort zone um, within the culture. Yep, definitely, and that's how it's a good place to wrap up. I would think so. Uh, you know, we we basically hit on a lot as far as the beef, the beef situation that's been happening. Um, you know, it's good, it's good music. Everybody just put out good music. It is what it is. Uh, so you know, we just got to keep our eye out. I'm interested to see how the Cuddy Kanye situation is going to. I'm more interested in that than the game beef because I feel like the game beef, game responded yeah, I, I in bars. Like that's more just for pub. Yeah, and, and you know, game responded on the record. I feel like Meek is going to respond on the record, but Cuddy and Kanye, who's going to break that barrier first? Are they just going to be talking shit, or are they just going to be? And those and those battles and uh, those conflicts with, between people who used to work together, between those old coworkers, between you and that old neighbor, you and that ex. Those are always nastier because you know you you know each other more intimately and on another level. So I'm definitely looking forward to anything that might uh, come of it. Everybody just might have got it off their chest and keep it moving, but uh, but we sure same shit. I'm sure something will shake. Yeah, definitely. So we'll keep our eyes open and we'll definitely um you know keep you guys in tune. Uh, I think this is a great episode this week. You know, to getting more into the the actual hip hop situation and um you know more hip hop talk. I really like it, especially when we're bringing our knowledge to the table. Uh, just to try to touch base, uh, of course, you know, hey, by the way, you know, it's a, that's just shameless plug in the situation. Of course, you already know how to follow us. We got IG Sky High Re. Uh, that's your IG. That's me, man. You can follow me at, at uh, Sky High Re on the IG. I'm there. And you can follow the podcast at The Culture Academy Podcast. Uh, you know, of course, we're available on iTunes. Tell your friends, share, like, follow. 
Uh, we're also going to be available on Google Play. Yeah, definitely give us your feedback. Um, if there's anything you think we can improve on, if there's any ways that we can, you know, make this a better experience. Obviously, we got the Dunces Corner coming up soon. Yeah, I'm working on the Dunces Corner. I wish I had it put together for this week. I probably would have put, probably would have put Sean Kingston ass in there because I'm like, boy, they keep <laughs> robbing your ass, boy. Get some security, boy. Son, that happens so many times to that guy. I mean, like, God, you're out here looking pathetic. Like he's and getting they, robbed more than he's putting out hits. I mean, word, you getting robbed more than you're putting out hits. You on here flashing your your beautiful jewelry, but I'm like, boy, all you gonna do is make them vultures come out and get you again, boy. So uh, definitely, you know, give us your thoughts on how y'all feel um, about. Um, about MCs and how you feel about writing your own rhymes, whether that should really affect someone's legacy or if it's all just about the art and putting out the music. I'm curious to see how people feel about that. Definitely. And of course, you can continue the conversation at Instagram, the Culture Academy podcast. You can follow me at J-A-E underscore D-L-U-X on IG. Follow us on Facebook. We're already on iTunes, uh, of course, SoundCloud, and we're going to be on Google Play. So, of course, like I said, give us the feedback. Uh, Episode three is in the books. Uh, you know, we didn't really start off with a class session this week because we were kind of on a vacation for a class. But just do me the honors right now and end it right now. Uh, come on, man. Get class to- dismissed, man. Y'all get out of here. There, man. there you go. Hey, no detention for y'all. Peace.